0: We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is is the life. It still gives us the life. Live. The reality is, he is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good
1: morning. Live from Rapid City here, high atop the broadcasting booth at Our Lady of Perpetual Help Cathedral, I'm Father Brian Christensen, and I'm with my co-host
2: Karen Gibis. Good
1: morning, Karen. Good morning, Father. and good morning to all of our listeners as we do live here uh, from Rapid City. It's a beautiful day, and it looks like a high of sixty-three today here in Rapid City. Be- beautiful blue skies, oh, it's and gorgeous. the backdrop of our beautiful Paha Sapa, yeah. our Black Hills. We have a great lineup uh, today.
2: I am so excited. I don't know if I want to spoil it, but I think I will. Dr. Ray Garendi, we get to interview him. We'll
1: have Dr. Ray Garendi on here. Pretty exciting. exciting. I've never met him. I've See. never met him. So I'm looking forward to this time visiting with him uh, today on the radio.
2: Yeah, I am too. I think it'll be a really great. Uh, He'll
1: be in Rapid City coming up soon.
2: I know. I I can't wait.
1: All right. Well, let's begin the day here, our hour um, with uh, with some prayer.
2: I was hoping you'd say that, Father. All
1: right. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, mercy and love, on this uh, Friday, we turn to the sacred heart of your Son, Jesus Christ, that his mercy and love may pour out upon us, and the work that we do for the glory of your name, and for the salvation of souls. Bless our listeners today, and all who join us um, across this uh, listening area, that they may be blessed and comforted by your mercy and your love. We ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Brian Christensen. I'm with Karen Gibbs here on Real Presence Live. This morning, our first guest um, is Chris Motz. Uh, the, he is head of the South Dakota Catholic Conference. Good morning, Chris.
0: Good morning, Father.
1: Hey, thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, great to be with you.
1: Yeah, you were in uh, Rapid City not too long ago. I think uh doing a theology on top of so Dalitas.
0: Yeah, that was great. I had a great time with uh, the young adults out there. It was good good to be out there.
1: Yeah, no, I heard lots of great things about us. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself, um about uh um where you are, what you do, um maybe a little bit about your family as well.
0: Yeah, so I'm a I'm a, a married layman. Um my wife Hannah and I have four delightful, energetic children, and if you hear them in the background, it's because I'm at home right now. Our oldest is eight, and our youngest just turned one today. Um, happy birthday. Yeah. yeah, happy birthday, Benedict. Uh, shout out on the radio. So I am, um, I am uh, I'm a military veteran uh, right out of college, served as a Marine officer for a number of years, and after that got a law degree, practiced law uh, in rural Minnesota for some time before moving back home. And in uh, getting the South Dakota Catholic Conference up and running on behalf of the bishops of South Dakota, that's that's the work that I've been doing for the last three years. The South Dakota Catholic Conference is an organization that represents Bishop Mewich and Bishop DeGroote, the two bishops of the diocese in South Dakota, represents them on matters of public policy on lawmaking.
1: Chris, could you just talk a little bit about how that started? like what was the initial initial um, kind of movement towards establishing a South Dakota Catholic conference as you it was be- really born
0: yeah, it was born out of a desire that the bishops had um, to have a representative to really actively represent their voice in the halls of our state capitol to the field of of lawmaking and government um, so i I spend my winter times in, in peer during the legislative session, but it's really ongoing throughout the year, engaging with our governing officials and, and really just seeking to to give a robust articulation of how the Church's moral and ethical framework can inform issues of the day, whether it's it's life, family, religious liberty, the list could go on, but it's really, in a certain sense, it's a, it's a missionary organization on behalf of the bishops to the field of government
1: how uh, How are um everyday Catholics uh, involved in the Catholic conference would you say like how do how does that how does your relationship with the Catholics across uh, Western South Dakota and Eastern South Dakota the whole state really um uh, play into the role that you have
0: well a couple different ways one one way would be for your ordinary citizens that are uh, really wanting to live. Um, full lives as faithful citizens. You know they can go to the Catholic Conference website, sdcatholicconference.org, get on our mailing list, and it's a way for them to kind of stay in the loop on on things that are happening, especially during legislative session. You know they they're interested. What do our bishops? What do our bishops care about? What are they interested in? And that way they can really exercise their own voices as citizens. Um, one of the things that, that Catholic citizens are being encouraged right now by the bishops is to, to vote no on uh, Constitutional Amendment A. It's one of our um, ballot measures that, that we're being asked to vote on uh, this year in South Dakota. It's a constitutional amendment that would uh, legalize recreational, so-called recreational marijuana. Another way that the Catholic Conference interacts with Catholics is is to really support and affirm and encourage those those Catholics that are already um, engaged in the work of gover- uh, governing, either as maybe a you know a, a staff member working in state government, maybe it's as a legislator. We've got a lot of great Catholics that are just really seeking to um, bring moral truth into the sphere of um, decision making on behalf of all of a civil society, and it's really wonderful to to see them in this important work and and do what I can to support them in it.
1: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's fantastic, and there is that—that um, that you represent the bishops, but the bishops trying to teach, inform, um, advocate for um, a good, just, solid society, seeking the common good.
0: That's that's right, and one of the things we know from John Paul II having encouraging us to really have a well-formed uh, theology of the laity, just a sense of our own lay vocation. Politics is first and foremost the evangel. It's a it's a field of evangelizing activity first and foremost for the laity. So the bishops and clergy, their job is, as we know, is to to help help us form our consciences with those with those moral those moral truths that are they're so so important to the ordering of society. But then it's it's our job as laypeople to take the football and run with it, um, to to get out there and, and really promote these these truths. Um, in, in our public policy
1: sure sure I mean we're in the midst of uh, football playoffs here in uh, South Dakota <laughs> so the football analogy is not so bad um, How would you see taking up, you know, what you had mentioned earlier, Amendment A here in South Dakota? Could you just describe what the amendment is? And why, what are the bishops trying to do? And you, as uh, head of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, trying to um, propose with regard to educating and um, forming consciences with regard to this particular issue?
0: Yeah, if people want to dive in a little more in-depth, too, at sdcatholiconference.org, we're going to have some more materials. We've done a couple of podcasts exploring the issue with some substance abuse experts and, and others, and some written materials, too. But there there are, there are a number of um, great prudential reasons that we could explore on Amendment A, you know, coming at it from the, the field of, of science or law. Um, Chris just, Chris, just, Chris, to... uh,
1: just, just, sorry to interrupt, but I just want, could you just tell us what Amendment A proposes oh, for Because sure. across yeah, our listening yeah. area, may not fully be aware of Amendment A. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. Yeah, so Constitutional Amendment A, there was a petition was circulated, uh, got enough votes to to get this amendment on the ballot uh, this year, and it it would amend the South Dakota State Constitution to legalize recreational marijuana. And I, I like to say so called recreational marijuana because doing drugs isn't recreation. You know, hunting, fishing, and kayaking are recreation. Doing drugs is mm-hmm. is is not recreation. It doesn't. There's nothing ref, refreshing or rec, recreating about it. But it it, it would legalize the, the cultivation, distribution, commerce, and use of of cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, for for any purposes, so-called recreational purposes in the state of South Dakota, um, it would it would enshrine this right in our state constitution. So rather than a statute going through the legislature, it would put it in the state constitution, which of course is very very difficult to modify. You need a, a ballot measure to um, to modify the constitution. It's not easy to do. Right. Um, so that's in a nutshell what constitutional amendment A. Okay, would
1: do. and then. So the, the opposition to it or the, the education with regard to the, the, the dangers that are uh, there that the bishops are trying to teach us or to reveal to us or to share with us, how, what, what are some of those um, major points that you would summarize?
0: Well, we, we begin with, like, the Church's great yes. Before we even get to a no, like, what is the great yes? And the Church's great yes is to the gift of human reason, of the intellect and the will. These, these components of our humanity that are like really dignifying and, and help us express and live our, our freedom as human beings. And, and recreational marijuana use would be to deliberately impair and impede those rational faculties that make us, make us human. And one of the articles that I've got posted up on the website walks through some of the brain science. Like, what is happening in the brain when we're, uh, when we're ingesting marijuana, whether it's through smoking it uh, mm-hmm. in, in other edible forms, etc.? So that's the, that's the moral proposition, is that to deliberately impair these rational faculties that make us human, that's, that's a bad thing. We shouldn't okay. want that as, as a society.
1: No, that's uh, that's good. Uh, that's good to to see one the the great yes, the positive teaching. You know, uh, uh, so many times in any moral issue or any things on the the church, oftentimes we gravitate to the the no, right? Thou shalt not steal, right? <laughs> Seems pretty obvious, but the yes is we would be honest and respectful of others' property and each other's person and um, others' goods. Uh, that's the big yes in those kind of conversations.
0: Yeah, that's that's right. So it's um it's it's something that that folks will see as the first ballot measure listed uh on their ballot and and again the the bishops would would urge a, a no vote on amendment A.
1: Good. And just as opposed to individual things that um people will see on the ballot, um could you just talk about what is the general approach that a faithful Catholic in the United States um takes with regard to approaching their responsibility in this democratic system to, to voting. What are, what are some of the great principles that we can go to the ballot box uh, this November?
0: Sure. Well, you you know, there's kind of this myth out there that, that Catholics are, are one issue voters, you know, that we only care about one thing. And that's, that's of course not true. We have the the entire uh, social teaching of the church, um, to bring with us into the public square in our community participate uh, community participation, whether it's voting or other things. Um, yet at the same time, that's not to say that all social harms have equal weight. There is appropriately uh, a hierarchy of um, of moral values that mm-hmm. that should inform our voting. There's a there's a beautiful uh, document dating, I think, back to 2002. It's, it's from the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, so this kind of chief doctrinal body of, of the Vatican. And it's it's specifically speaking to our participation in political life. It's so well done, it gets quoted again and again and again in the compendium of the Social Doctrine of the Faith. That's maybe one of those bookshelf books we should have, like right next to our catechism. But one of the things that it makes clear it, is that there there are what it calls Inalienable ethical demands. In other words, there are there is such thing as, as intrinsic evil. Mm-hmm. There are such there are such things that, that we as Catholics we cannot support. It's just not within our uh, within our faith to support something like uh, ab- abortion, uh, same sex marriage, euthanasia, drug drug abuse is mm-hmm. another one that it, it lists. Um, so. So really, kind of walking through the the entirety of the church's teaching and people, you know, the catechism is it can be our best friend during these times to really help us unpack what are what are some of these core teachings. But but to say that there are a lot of issues that matter is not to say, That's not to say that all issues have equal weight. Uh, the U.S. bishops conference this year, every every couple of years, they update their their document forming consciences for faithful citizenship with an introductory kind of cover letter and in, in their most recent update they kind of walk through it, a lot of pressing issues of our day abortion they they go on to write remains for us a preeminent priority mm-hmm, so yes mm-hmm. lo- lots of issues but but some have more weight an- another another myth that that I want to maybe try and dispel is this myth that if we just get the right information, we can vote well. And I, I, I say that's a myth because that getting the right information is necessary, but it's not sufficient. All right, we're so, going to take a break
1: here, Chris, and come back right on that point uh, because I think it's a it's a great point that uh, that you bring up is not just having um, the information necessary. That's 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 good and necessary, but not sufficient. We'll pick that up right after the break. I'm Father Brian Christensen. I'm here with Karen Gibis. Uh, we're broadcasting live uh, from 520 Cathedral Drive here at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help um, in Rapid City, South Dakota, and we'll be back uh, with uh, Real Presence Live right after this break.
2: Have you ever known someone who has taken their own life? 50% of Americans have. I'm Father Chris Aylar. For years, professionals have called the tragedy of suicide an epidemic. But we believe it has become a pandemic because more people in the world take their own life than die by all the wars or homicides combined. Do you know that there are more veterans who have killed themselves than were killed in the Vietnam War? And these numbers keep increasing, especially among the youth. And society doesn't help. Through misguided ways, such as shows like 13 Reasons Why, suicide has become glorified in our society. But there is hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost. And to get our book, After Suicide, there's hope for them and you, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo, parishioner of Saints Anne and Joachim Church in Fargo. I'm excited to share with you the launch of Lumen Vision, providing eye care for the whole family, including eye emergencies, vision therapy, and routine exams. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eyes of Faith, a frame company that prints scripture verses on the inside of each frame. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio
0: Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning. This is
1: Father Brian Christensen with my co-host. Karen Gibis. Good morning, Karen.
2: Good morning. We are having a great interview today with yeah. Chris.
1: We're with Chris Motz, the head of the, the director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, and we've been talking about um, Catholics and voting. Um, we talked about a little bit of, specifically here in South Dakota the amendment to the Constitution that's on the ballot, Amendment A, that would legalize recreational marijuana and the churches profound yes to the dignity of the human person, our reason and our faculties and, and protecting that, 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 that basic good of the human person and why threats to that, um, such as, um, the use of recreational marijuana are contrary to the good that we desire. Well, it's, uh, Back to Chris. He was just in the middle of a conversation um, explaining to us why um, it's not just sufficient to have good information regarding um, candidates or issues as we go to the ballot box. Chris, welcome back.
0: Yeah. Hey, thanks, Father. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, as I was saying, there's like this myth out there that if I just get the right information, then I'm going to vote well. And it, that's, it's like kind of heading in the right direction, but it's not, not quite right so the reality, and I think this is a really, really important point, is that collecting, like, good facts and information is necessary to our moral reasoning, but it's not sufficient. As we talk about, you know, the Church talks about forming our consciences in terms of our, our citizenship and voting well, but here's what that—I love this quotation—here's what the Catechism uh, says about our conscience— It it quotes, it is important for every person to be sufficiently present to himself in order to hear and follow the voice of his conscience. This requirement of interiority is all the more necessary as life often distracts us from any reflection, self-examination, or introspection. So the, the point being is that if we're just collecting information without taking the time for silence for prayer for contemplation like mm-hmm. we're not we're not we're not permitting the lord to enter to enter into that with us and help us hear his voice speaking within our own conscience and process it with us so yes you know do your homework but don't forget to pray too
1: Sure. No, definitely. I mean, and it fits in with our understanding of our relationship to our reason and grace, right? That um, mm. that we need God's help to see the truth, you know, uh, the truth that sets us free. Uh, the Lord tells us, I am the way and the truth and the life. And so bringing these issues um, of our contemporary society and the information that I can gain to prayer and letting the Lord form that, shape that and clarify that is is necessary within the depths of our conscience so yeah no thanks for sharing that that uh, that's definitely an important part um i wanted to just shift a little bit um with regard to you know when we're in this campaign mode and we're just a few days from ballot many people have voted many people are sitting with their absentee ballots uh, mail-in ballots sitting on their you know, counter in their, uh, living room or dining room or kitchen area, ready to fill that out. Um, as they go, go there, their, their, their world is filled with lots of noise, um, on the television, on the internet, phone calls, pamphlets, emails, um, and it really is generating a lot of, um, Emotion, a lot of passion, Um, you know. Cutting through that, right? Cutting through the appeals of the partisan sides, whether that's on Amendment A or the presidential candidates or our local, you know, races. um, Where where can people go to get some information? I think your website is a great place.
0: Yeah, that is that is a great place, and it's um, you know one of the. A piece of advice that I heard from, actually, this is from uh, Archbishop Shepard giving a talk on in Render unto Caesar, so former bishop of, of Rapid City, I heard a young person ask him the same question, and one of the things that he responded was, um, read both widely and deeply. So his advice mm-hmm. was, um, don't simply rely upon electronic, you know, whether it's uh, television or, or like YouTube, but our our brain processes things deeper uh in a, in a different way um it's like more conducive to reason when we're kind of taking the time to to read something in in printed form so he, and he said pull from a lot of different sources so you're getting a good mm-hmm. sense of of things that are out there and and don't be afraid to 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 read something that's a little bit longer too Sometimes if we're if we're trying to get all of our information in, you know, 40 characters or less or whatever it is like that doesn't do justice to some of the complexities of the um, of the political issues that, that face us. Um, so, you know, without giving an endorsement to any particular, you know, everybody knows kind of what's on their radar. Read, I, w- I would say read widely and deeply.
1: Sure. No, that's great advice. That is great advice. And it, the thing that it does, it takes time and takes attention. And those are precious commodities in our life today. So, yeah. um, also, you know, with regard to our responsibilities as faithful citizens, you know, Catholics in, in America today, um, our obligation doesn't begin and end at the ballot box. Can you talk a little right. bit about our participation in 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 the culture, in the political sphere, in the economic <clears throat> sphere as Catholics, um faithful to to our to our faith in Jesus Christ and the Church?
0: Yeah, this this call to community participation is is actually one of the principles of Catholic social teaching. There's a there's a beautiful section on it in the Compendium. And and to sort of um Put it in a nutshell. It's that participation in community life is a, is a duty. We have an obligation to it. One of the ways in which we can uh, live and express this duty to participate in community life is, is through voting, through the exercise of our, our civic franchise, um, by, by forming our consciences and then exercising our vote on Election Day. But... The duty, the call to participation in, in a common political life, in community life, doesn't end with a vote. Mm-hmm. It would be wrong to reduce our, our duty to participation simply to a vote. So, and that can, it can play out in so many different ways that people, you don't have to discern for themselves. It it could simply be, you know, commitments to, it can sometimes be hard to have people over for dinner, but, hey, I, I'm i going to have... Um. You know, a new family over from my parish once a month. And Uh we, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna have a little structured discussion and I'm gonna propose that we're talking about this or that. And it can, some of the, sometimes this sort of participation can be kind of scary because it requires a little bit of vulnerability on our part. You know, I don't know how so and so is gonna respond. Maybe they're gonna disagree with me. Um, you know, that, that can seem like kind of a small and trite thing, but we can put it in the context of, one of the things the church does whenever she talks about our, our call to commitment in, in political life, she, she oftentimes begins with a discussion of martyrdom. You know, Thomas More or Bishop <laughs> right. John Fisher or like there is a little, maybe there's, it, we're not getting our heads chopped off, but maybe there's a little martyrdom in the vulnerability that's required to, to some of these little participations. It, it could be something bigger, like, you know, I'm really invested, um, I, I care a lot about schools, and I'm going to run for school board and really mm-hmm. give my all. And it's that's a lot of hard work, and those are kind of unsung heroes in some ways because, you know, they've got a lot of meetings. There's work between meetings. It's kind of a thankless job because you only ever hear people complain at you. Sure. Um, but that those kind of nuts and bolts of the operations of, um, you know, communal political life. Those are those are really important sacrifices that people are making. So, the point being is that we do have a duty to participation that doesn 't end with simply voting; it continues every day of our life.
1: Yeah, no, thank you for those insights, yeah, and I would encourage too, like among our listeners those people that feel the call to serve in public life you know on various boards or school boards or your local county commission or on your city. Uh, Council or even run for statewide office um, I, I I just think you know having good, solid Catholic men and women step forward um, to 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 propose the common good to work for the common good to labor, and as you say oftentimes oftentimes it 's a uh, it's a thankless job because not many times do we say, wow, she's doing a great job. He's doing a great job. We're so happy about that. Most of the time, it's so much criticism um, from from those on any side um, about this is not getting done, that's not getting done. They're not proposing my way of thinking. Uh, but again, I would really encourage that um, strength uh, of conviction um, and um uh, and stepping forward to serve the Lord and to his people and our and our state and, and, and nation in, in those kind of ways. But it's difficult.
0: It is. It is. Um the Lord sees all though. You know, he's uh he, he sees those little sacrifices, even if it is thank, thankless.
1: <laughs> can um, you talk about, can you talk about a little bit about your relationship, uh, with, um, uh, legislators across our state here in South Dakota? Um, how you interface with them, how you help to, you know, give them information that you think will be helpful to, to using the principles of Catholic social teaching, Catholic morality, um, to, to bring to bear on our legislative process.
0: Yeah, I you know I'm really grateful for a lot of the relationships in South Dakota. Um, praise God is still a place in which, um, you know, despite an increasing secularism in the world uh, more broadly, South Dakota is still a place in which people of faith. There's a there's a culture of of, of faith, and um, so I'm still welcome into a lot of conversations, even with people that don't necessarily come from a Catholic background or a Christian background, or maybe it's not lived lived really strongly. It's one of my favorite things about my job is to be in, in a one-on-one conversation where I can see that, oh, my goodness, there's, a, there's some moral wrestling going on in the human heart right now. Like that's that's God's battleground right there is, is the human heart where He's He's contending yeah uh, no, for principles great. of truth and justice.
1: Well, we're, we are uh, blessed in the state of South Dakota, and Chris, we appreciate the good work that you're doing and for sharing this time with us this morning on Real Presence Live. Chris Moats, uh, the director um, of uh, the South Dakota Catholic Conference. Chris, we're going to have to go to break now, um, and I just really appreciate the work that you do for the state of South Dakota, for our bishops, for uh, for the whole people. Uh, And we're very grateful. Thanks, Father. Have a great day. And we'll be back after the break um, with a great story of uh, conversion and the power of the Eucharist. See you after the
0: break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.